This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, October 11th, 2015. The Gospel is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. The message is by Father Ron Baird. In today's Gospel lesson, we hear Jesus say that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, some scholars would like to think he was speaking metaphorically, um, but he really wasn't. Um, Otherwise, he wouldn't have had to say that with God all things are possible, while with human beings some things are impossible. So, how do you get a camel through the eye of a needle? Same way you eat an elephant, one piece at a time. Uh, <laughs> look at the bottom of your Bible. Only God could manage to accomplish that, couldn't he? Now, fortunately, none of us are wealthy, right? So we got it made. Um, at least that's what we like to think about. The one thing I've noticed about being wealthy, wealthy is all relative, isn't it? Um, because I'm only wealthy if I can't find anybody richer than me. Um, at which point I begin to think I'm wealthy. But in truth, in the United States, we're pretty much all wealthy. You know, everyone. Even people on welfare in the United States are wealthy by world standards. One third of the people in the world live on $1 a day. How would you like to try that one? $1 a day. It would be almost impossible, wouldn't it? Imagine that. And if you took all the salaries in the world and added them together and divided them by the number of people in the world... um, then you would still only have an average salary of $15,000 a year, you know, which is less than what people on welfare receive. Everybody in the United States, pretty much, I mean, I suppose there are some people who don't get anything, um, are wealthy. So that should cause us great concern that it's harder for us to get into the kingdom of heaven than it is for a rich man or the, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. You know, they probably have physicists working on this. How can I get that camel through that eye of that needle so I don't need to worry about this anymore? So what is it that Jesus is trying to tell us? Well, what he's trying to tell us is that money, while it has great benefit, also has great control. And it's not necessarily us who controls it. Oftentimes it's the money that controls us. And that's where the danger lies. You see, money in and of itself is neither good nor bad. It's just money. You know, it, it doesn't have a, a moral value to it in and of itself. And being wealthy or being poor in and of itself has no moral value to it in and of itself. It's what happens with it that ends up where the, the values come in. And what do we do with it? That's why Jesus told the disciples about the camel and the needle. was because he, they just experienced this rich young man who had come up and as, as he had come up to Jesus, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Here, here's a guy who's very sincere. He's followed the commandments since he can remember. I mean, since he was little, he's done them all. And, and it's interesting because this is one of the few times in Scripture that we ever see this. It says, Jesus loved him. You realize how few times you hear that? I mean, we hear about the beloved disciple but rarely do we hear Jesus specifically love somebody. The other thing about it is that sometimes when we read the Gospels, we tend to think that everybody that Jesus went up to and said, come follow me, dropped everything and went and followed him. 
And yet here's a story where somebody didn't. So, you know, the man had said, I've done all the, kept all the commandments since my youth. And, and Jesus looked at his heart and he said, you know, there's only one thing that you're missing. Now, how many of you would like to have Jesus tell you there's only one thing you're missing out on to get eternal life? That'd be a pretty good deal, wouldn't it? I mean, one thing, all right. You know, I look at him, I go, he says, it'd take too long to say, take this home, book home and read it. Um, but there's only one thing this man, he said, go and sell everything that you have and give the money to the poor, and then come follow me. And it says that the man went away very, very sad because he had many possessions. You know, I've often thought that was a mistranslation. It's, technically it's not, but, but isn't it more true that many possessions had him? He couldn't do the one thing he wanted more than anything because he had too many things. He couldn't get rid of it, and that's the danger of money. It can come to possess us. You know, and it, it, you don't have to be a multimillionaire to have it come possess you. You know, it, it, it possesses all of us in many ways. And that's the danger of money, was that we end up serving the money itself rather than serving God. And so, like I said, it's not that the money is bad, but when it begins to take the place of God, then we have a problem. Now, the disciples were confused about this because they were thinking, wow, um, you know, if rich people can't get into heaven, then who in the world can? <laughs> I mean, because let's face it, rich people have it made, right? You know, they don't have anything to worry about. You know, it's the poor people that have all the problems. You know, and we still think that way today. You know, if you ask what the number one cause of crime in the United States is, well, what do you think the answer would be? Poverty. Poverty, yeah. Now, that's interesting. I don't know why poverty causes crime in the United States and nowhere else. I mean, poverty in and of itself doesn't cause crime. It's lack of moral certitude that causes crime. It's what you do about your poverty that causes crime. It's about the feeling of entitlement that causes crime. That somehow or other, I'm not getting my fair share. And so I have a right to it, and I go out and take it. But see, again, isn't that money possessing us? Even amongst very poor people. And that's the danger of money, is that it can come to consume us. I mean, think about it. You know, we buy life insurance, don't we? Now, with all the money we spend on life insurance in this country, has anybody ever been guaranteed that they will live because of it? Insurance companies are counting on they don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they should call it death insurance, really, because that's, that's when you get it, except you don't get it, but... Which is normal. You know, and, and we spend a ton of money on health insurance. It goes up every year. How many, how many people 